it's working. All right. Let's line it up. Line her up. <laughs> that got loud. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Hey, you say something. Something. You're always so soft. Something. That's what she said. He said. <laughs> they both said. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we are leaving that in. So, welcome to Paranormal XL Podcast. Gigi and Mama Mary in the his house. Oh, we're not in the his house. We are in the gypsy, gypsy wagon. wagon. <laughs> Always fun. Um, And then, just kidding. So we hope everyone is still hanging in there and staying sane. I haven't been, as you know, because of the conversations that we just had. Poor mama. I just poured my soul out to her <laughs> and she looked <laughs> the look on her face. Bless you, mom. Bless you. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> that was just the why. You're and, all right. Thanks. <laughs> You're all right too. You right. Thank you. You're all right. So, um, let's hope that we get back to. <laughs> just kidding. Let's hope that we can get back to normal soon as well. We were. Just, well, nothing's gonna be normal anymore. I don't think so. I think we're gonna find a new normal. New normal. Whether no, we like no, it or not. Uh huh. Uh huh. The uterus story. I keep forgetting the goddamn uh-huh. uterus story. Uh-huh. I told her, however, I was gonna say it on here. So. My new neighbor, she's not a new neighbor. She's been my neighbor for a while, but oh. she's really awesome. Hi, by the way. Yeah. that. Hey, Mama Mary said, hi, by the way. <laughs> Did I sound just like you? Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> super sweet. Her daughter's super sweet. The whole family's super sweet, and they got the most beautiful dog ever. Anyway. If the, if what's her name? The dog? Yes. <laughs> Charlie. Oh, what's his name? Charlie. No, it is a her. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. See, I knew it was a her. The eyelashes, though. If Destiny was a dog, my daughter, it would be Charlie. It's got Aww. the most beautiful long eyelashes. And that's the first thing I was like, oh, you did a baby. And it's really not like a little baby. It's a Labradoodle. And it's Aww. so beautiful. Oh, my God. And you just want to love it and cuss it and just... And then you look at her little eyes and her eyelashes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Anyway, so, so this was like last week, I think... <laughs> So, okay, listeners, if you've been listening, <laughs> listen back to the Jack the River episode because this is the uterus story. So, which which one? We had two episodes. Did we? Whatever. Yes. Well, I think we talked about uteruses in both of them. Okay. Uterus. So just listen to both. Yeah. Listen to every MFN episode. Yes. Uterus. It's the uterus episode. So we're sitting there and she's talking about when she had her first baby. All right. So she's going on this story, and she's like, "How was me? My she was a young mom, just like me. How old were you when you had your first one? If you don't mind me, I'm sorry. I'm twenty-one. Okay. I think she was like, nah. She was either nineteen or twenty, because about because I was nineteen when I had Des. So she's like, you know, I'm young, blah blah. So she has the baby. She's back in the room. She's super close with her dad and loves her dad just like I do. Well, her dad has since passed, um, but she was super close with her dad. And when I hear her talk about her dad, it reminds me of, like, me and my dad. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I love those stories. I'm like, yay, yay. So her and her dad are in the room. She goes up to go to the bathroom for the first time, all right? And she gets up. She looks in the toilet. Dad! Then he's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I lost my uterus! <laughs> Greatest thing ever. And then he's like, what do you mean you lost your uterus? She's like, I lost my uterus! Okay, so for the guy <laughs> listeners, I'm really, really sorry about this. Um, no, so she, No, she's not. Yeah, I'm probably not. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to get in too much detail, but some things come out. Of, your, your body's cleansing itself after having a baby, all right? So a, a lot worse than your once-a-month cleanliness of your 
body doing for itself? I I need to dig myself right back out of this hole. <laughs> well, what's connected? The, what's connected to the rest of the baby comes out. Yes. So she's freaking out. She's looking at the toilet. She swears to God it's her freaking uterus, right? So she's like, the dad's like, what do you mean you lost your uterus? And I'm like picturing this in my head, but like as me and dad. And I'm like, Sarah, what do you mean you lost your uterus? Like, oh my God, how do you lose a uterus? Isn't that shit attached to you? So she's like calling the nurse and stuff. And the nurse, I guess uh, she said it was an older lady or whatever, comes in. And she's like, well, what's the problem? And the neighbor's like... I lost my uterus. <laughs> and this woman, like, looks. She's like, honey, you, that's not your uterus. And, and she explained to her what it was. It was just, ugh. I, I'm the worst woman during in monthly time even. I get all weak in the knees. I'm like, ugh. I don't do blood, no matter if it's coming from me or wherever. Blood is not my thing, but... So she's trying to explain to her what it is and not her uterus. And then she said the poor nurse was like laughing so hard, but trying to stay like composed, you know, and professional and trying to explain to her what it is. But just, dad, I lost my uterus. So of course me, because of our uterus history, I'm dying. She's like, well, I didn't think anybody would find it that funny. I'm like, that is the funniest shit I have heard in a long time. Then of course I'm like, have you listened to my podcast? <laughs> Listen to the Jack the Ripper episode because we cannot say uterus. It's uterus. Uterus. I don't even know how. We said it really weird. It never came out right, but it never came out right and hers didn't come out at all. It was not the uterus. Yeah. That was a good story. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lost my uterus. Like, that's funny as shit, right? That is I've been waiting to tell you that all day. I'm happy that we were recording when I finally got to say it because now everybody knows. So if That's you're listening, funny. neighbor, we, we're going to have her come up with um, a different name because of what she does. Um, oh, yeah, they'll even talk about it. Yeah. Just well, kidding. Yeah, essentially, but we can have her on. Well, yeah. Because um, y- you'll love her. Um, I, I, I've told her that mm-hmm. because I know things. <laughs> I know things. Because me and Mom and Mary, we're telepathic, right? Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> we are on a roll Ah, yeah. like that uh. Oh man So earlier today we did the live On the Facebook That, that, that was, was fun And then afterwards after we cut it off That's when the best shit happened too I'm like oh my god we gotta turn it back on You guys would have loved it <laughs> Hilarious We were discussing however that we do want to do some more of those Now that we're more comfortable in front of the camera Yeah. Even though it doesn't sound like I am And I talk like a robot when I'm on it I did manage not to get my double chin in there. I'm pretty proud of that. You did, because you were an ostrich. Yeah. (laughs) Good posture. It was a lot of... Excuse me. It was so much fun. We've had no wine today. Much. Yeah, it hasn't... Well, it hasn't been wine. No, it hasn't. It was champagne and some some shine. (laughs) You know. Yeah. um, We're having a drink now, so pause. And we are back. (laughs) We're going to make some t-shirts. I'm making one tonight. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. So anyway, let's get back on to topic. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. We haven't had a fun one in a while. We're like, I'm always like, we're going to get right to the point. There is no All point cereal. today. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody brought the milk today, so it is not cereal. It's really hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get really warm in here? Um. So yeah, well, well, we're going to try to stay on topic. How about, how about that? Yeah, From we'll do our best. Starting now. Grab a hold of yours. That's right. 
I got my uterus. She's gonna get serious. Buckle in your uterus. You can nurse it together. <laughs> okay, so okay. Okay. The end okay. Okay. So this week we are going to be covering the stories behind Death Mountain and Death Valley. That I didn't mean oh. for that. Ooh. What? Su- suicide forest. Suicide forest. She- yes. Change of plans. Suicide first. Yep. And I need you to go through that whole thing and say it just like that. Suicide first. Yeah. Suicide first. All right. So we're going to let Mama go first this week. Have you, have you ever heard about suicide forest? I have not. Just from you. It's actually really creepy. And it's been around <laughs> yeah. like for, for years. I'm talking about like since before the 1960s. Hmm. And that's. It's literally a place where people come from all over the world and go and commit suicide. That's odd. It is odd. What draws them there to do that? Well, they have they have all sorts of theories. And just like, you know, in general, it's at, it's at a base of a mountain. And so it's kind of, I kind of chose this location to go with, you know, the location of yours because That's it's mountain. a mountain. And, you know, the theory that mountains kind of draw energy. Okay. Or like they, you know, sort of they, you know, a whole different topic where they talk about where, you know, aliens choose, you know, mountains right. as bases because of the the energetic pull. Okay. And so th- that's mm. one theory. So we'll, we'll kind of just, like, run down where, um, like, the 33 facts about Japan's suicide forest that'll freak Ooh. you out. Oh. But we'll go from there. You're going to freak me out? Hold I'm on. Gonna try. But have you ever heard of, like, um Logan Paul? Uh-uh. I remember hearing about him a couple of years ago. I think, I think it was... I think it was about three years ago. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. The <laughs> I remember the kids watching it, and they got okay. in trouble. And he actually got taken off of YouTube because he, he really? was a big YouTuber. Okay. And um, he went to Suicide Forest, and he would get, he became very controversial because he literally videotaped somebody who had committed suicide. <sighs> he had found a body. Oh. I mean, they find over 105 bodies oh, a year. More than that a year ago, like I think it's like each spring, maybe like March or April, mm-hmm. they literally go and they search for bodies and oh, people clean up. Seriously, yeah, and mm-hmm. um, they watch. They have cameras all over just to give the like the basic you know background of it. They have cameras right. all over, but they watch for vehicles that go there to park and you know for people to never come back. People go there to hang themselves, go out there and take pills. There's just some kind of hole to um, this place. Sorry, you got to see this meme. I'll leave it in here. It says, I found a copy of the government's lockdown rules, and it's like a whole bunch of little scribbles, like a three-year-old draw, <laughs> drew, drawed. They drawed it. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, no, we're serious right now. That is super funny. But um, hikers go there. Like, there's tons of different kind of caves. There's, like, frozen caves. There's such, It's a beautiful place. The The name, I'm right. not even going to try to... Um, Pronounce the name. <laughs> Believe me, I understand. But it, when we get to it is name. literally like the second most common destination for suicides, next to the Golden Gate Bridge. Really? It is. It comes in second. Why the Golden Gate Bridge? There's That's so weird. Sorry. There's so many suicides there that Japan has literally stopped. Like when they yearly announce how many deaths were come in a year, mm-hmm. they literally stopped announcing how many suicides they have in a year because there's so many. That's just crazy. Um. A big part of the popularity is because of one book that was written called The Tower of Waves, and it was written in 1961. It, it kind of, That's what boosted the knowledge 
of okay. the forest. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that just kind of goes shows how how long people have been going right. to this forest to commit suicide. Because, like I said, it was written in 1961. That's crazy. So do you think, you as Mama Mary, do you think that there's, like, negative energy at this mountain? I think there definitely is negative energy. I think there is a pull to it. Um, I was watching a documentary on it, and they talked about, you know, an energy field that draws people. They even um, talk about how some people who have gone there and then did not commit suicide, how they talked about kind of being pulled there in a trance where they just felt like they had to go. Right. And then for some reason pulled out of it, but they recount that they felt like they just had to go. So. Like something just draws them there. So it's very likely there is something there that, you know, draws the weaker people, you know, the weaker people in. Right. In a sense. Um, Like they, a lot of people say that it's haunted. I would definitely say that it's haunted. Japan call it a yuri, you know, haunted Mm -hmm. spirits. Without a doubt, you know, definitely is haunted. You can go in there and people get creeped out because you'll find shoes Mm. laying around. It's definitely a recovery. People go in there and you find tents, clothing, backpacks that are just abandoned right it's it's such a dense forest that if you go in there hiking you have to leave ribbons and people will leave different colored ribbons Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if they're going in there to commit suicide that way people will eventually know where to find them wow that's pretty intense you go in so far and then you know once you reach a certain point you go in farther that's where you go to commit suicide. And so when you see ribbons that are past that point, you know pretty much that if you are going to go past that point, you're probably going to find a body. Right. Now, how do they commit? What Like, what's the main way that they are A lot of them are by lives? pills. Okay. A lot of them are by hangings. Okay. I didn't know, like, if there was, like, a some kind of drop-off there or something like that that they just jumped. I didn't read anything like that, but it could possibly be, but... I didn't, huh. um, I didn't read anything like that. Interesting. That's weird. I think that's the part of hell, and that's how hell's getting, uh, souls. I'm, I'm... And it, it could be. <laughs> a, one documentary that I watched kind of fed into the alien thing mm-hmm. where, um, it connected to the mountain thing, where... Right. It was a portal for the aliens, so people would go there to, they believed in the alien theory, and they would go there to commit suicide, believing that when they crossed over, they would be pulled into the portal and go, you know, home yeah. the aliens. Huh. That's, a, that's a theory. Right. I didn't really check into too much. I didn't go that way. I just did the basics. Right. But I did, I did see that part of a, a branch in a theory. Yeah. Interesting. And there is a suicide season. Like, you know... Um, the peak month is March. Yeah, okay, so that's why in April they go search out for bodies. Huh. Is that, oh my gosh. Is that like after their winter? I don't, I don't know for sure. I would have to check that out. So you'd almost think like the, you know, where people get super sad, the, the, depression, the depression comes in, the seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Encompasses are really known to go haywire there. Yeah. But a, a lot of people will claim that's paranormal, but there is like a lot of magnetic activity there yeah so that's actually yeah they've, they've checked it out that's what actually makes it go like that mm-hmm. and it is actually built on i'm saying actually a lot actually yes, but it's built on um a lava field hot lava like, it's not built on it but the the forest is it covers a lava field yeah huh interesting that is an interesting fact it is actually actually Actually, a lot of these are interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to visit there. I'd love to see pictures. I bet it is very, very pretty, being a forest. Oh, but... it's it's beautiful. It it's um 
Because it, it's at the foot of Mount Fuji. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I drink Fuji water. It's good. See? Hmm. Hmm. What's in your water? Oh. Oh, bodies. Interesting. <laughs> water. Got turned into wine. Yeah, so it says, you know, reading here that, you know, hangings aren't the only way that people die in the forest. It is one of the biggest methods of suicide, but um, very often people will commit suicide by poisonings or overdoses. Hmm. And they do conduct annual searches for new bodies. And usually the local law enforcement will do it, but forest workers and volunteers yeah. will generally search right before the holidays. Mm-hmm. And then um, the forest workers have to remove the bodies. Oh, and um, no they thanks. usually have, how oh, I saw it somewhere, they they have like like a room they put them in for people to come claim them. Yeah, no, no Can thanks. you imagine that? And just like I watch documentaries of people when they go in there, they find like notes that people stick somewhere. Yeah. That are like like suicide notes. Uh-huh. That's, That's scary. Like if we ever did get the opportunity to go there, I think it would just be a very sad place for like people like us. I don't us. think that could handle it. They you say I mean? people try to camp there all the time. I wouldn't want to camp it would there. Be, I, Why would you want to? It's the type of people that we are, I think it would be too sad for us to do... To, to be able to go there and, and see and try to figure it out. But you definitely wouldn't want to go there by yourself to try to figure it out. You'd clearly want to take people with you to document everything. You know, if somebody's starting to feel a different way, yeah, that they're out of the ordinary, you know, and stuff like that. It would, I mean, that would be interesting. I'd definitely watch something like that. However, I wouldn't want to be part of it. Mm-mm. Just because I, I think just being in a place like that alone. I've been in a couple places where I've just overwhelmingly sat out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. And I it kind of breaks your heart. You don't yeah. know why. And you're just like, nope, nope, I don't want this because I'm being sad. And I was just happy-go-lucky on cloud nine three seconds ago. Well, people travel from far and wide to come here to commit suicide. I think it was like between um, 2013 and 2015, at least 100 people weren't even from that area. That's just... That's just well, yeah. Hey, can you imagine that? I mean, could you imagine flying from the United States all the way over to Japan to commit suicide? No, that's that's crazy. That's what I'm saying they must have had some kind of tie to it or feeling that they needed to go there and do that. Or maybe they were just going to visit and something happens when you go out yeah. that far or something, something takes over them. I know, like um, they put the forest rangers have put up like notes, suicide notes, and signs all over, and they put railings up in the the higher places to try to prevent yeah. people from. That's what I'm wondering, cause you know different altitudes have different. This is the scientific part. I'm like ripping off my mouth. Um, people, the different altitudes make people react differently. That's true. So I mean, that's a good theory. If we're gonna go and it, it might not be something paranormal at all however i think afterwards when the people you know the crossing over thing that would be paranormal activity but for them to do that because i do know it messes with your head let's say you know i can go up in an airplane and my ears hurt so bad that i would whoa when we went out to vegas i could have easily just ripped out my ears and there was nothing i could do now same thing you know the altitude in the mountains down in tennessee and stuff and even when i was out in california years and years ago driving up and it didn't seem that far but you get that pressure i'm not saying you know that maybe a pain made him do it but it's something the different altitudes have different effects on on bodies that's true and even the mind for that matter because you know you're you're leveled off with your chemicals and stuff like that and it could throw them off and you don't even know what's going on that's a good point and then after a while with all that residual energy building Mm -hmm. up 
It just saying, built up yeah, it could definitely up. be like both where it's easier for that, that type of energy to get into them because they're they're down and out, essentially. Yeah, because they're more susceptible to it. Yeah, because they're probably focused on some pain of some sort. You know, just like when it rains and somebody's knee hurts. Or, you know, to me that makes sense how I'm trying to put no, it there. But no, as always, I'm like, feel like I'm rambling. But, yeah, I don't know. Because I know, the, like I said, the different altitudes I know. And even, like, in my story, one of the theories was the sound. There's a sound that carries between mountains. And it's at a decibel that we normally, like us here, we wouldn't be able to hear it. But if you were in that certain spot, and it's enough to make you go crazy because then it triggers other shit in your yeah. brain. So I'm wondering if that's the same type of thing because just like you said, the magnetic fields are out of whack. Yep. So, I mean, all those things, I know nothing scientifically. I'm just saying. Well, you never know. Yeah, all those things put together. Yeah. And somebody who is more sensitive to that and not really understanding it mm-hmm. and balanced already. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be too intense. Oh, for sure. And not knowing how to get yourself out of it. And then if you're going up there by yourself to try to prove a point, you may have not went up there to try to commit suicide. just ends up happening. Uh-huh. Because different things make you, the different chemical imbalances. And I'm not saying it's always a chemical imbalance with people losing their minds to that manner where they'd want to commit suicide. But they, uh, a lot, a lot of times it is, but sometimes it is things in their life. But... See, that's where you'd have to dig into each of these people in their personal lives, you know, to try to figure out a a pattern of what, like, these are normal people, and they're trying to go up there. Let's say they they actually wanted to make a documentary, and they tried camping. Okay, the first night went fine, but during that second day, you know, they're going higher up on this mountain. Things start settling into their brain that they wouldn't normally think about, Mm -hmm. so then they do write a note, or just... And then also, that's the thing, you know, if they heard about the previous person doing it, that's stuck in their memory because, well, they're going up there to say, no, I made it. It doesn't make you do nothing. Does any of this making sense? Because I know where I'm going at with my... Well, yeah, just like anything, though, because energy can affect you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be necessarily paranormal energy. Right. There's all sorts of different kinds of energy. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually different kinds of energy builds up but you know i think that's part of the paranormal aspect is you need to debunk it too there has to Mm -hmm. be other reasons than just that too right because not everything's that and everything's got its own reasoning too i mean Mm -hmm. you know i'm not maybe some of the some of the people that went up there did want to commit suicide but maybe not all you know but i can't to go up there by yourself after knowing what goes on there would be and not letting anybody know and if you did let somebody know you were going up there i don't think you really went up there to intentionally commit suicide yeah if they knew where to find you in the first place Mm -hmm. yeah because then why wouldn't you just do it at you know if you didn't want to do it at your house or you know if you did it someplace that meant something to you you know what i mean it didn't have to be in japan Yeah, a couple other facts. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm no, so sorry. The forest is mm-hmm. like full of butterflies. <gasps> That's wonderful. I like butterflies. But it's also extremely eerily silent. Oh, I bet. It's so dense that like there's no sound of wildlife. There is wildlife, but not very much. Mm-hmm. I think there's like bears and like deer. But yeah. Not a very wide variety of different types of wildlife. Right. But you don't like here, like where you hear birds mm-hmm. chirping and all sorts yeah, of different noises. Yeah, we wouldn't hear noises. that. Yeah, you don't hear the it. nature. That's again why I'm kind of wondering maybe if it's one of those sound things. The um, uh, let me think of the word. Um, I have it somewhere in my notes. Um, the infrasound was what what they referred to it as, where it is the decimals that we can't hear. Maybe that's why the animals stay away. Oh, that's a good because point. they can hear it. We can't. However, we don't know that we can't, but our brains maybe like can read it 
but we can't literally hear it. That's a really good point. That makes... It does make sense. I sound really, really smart right now. You do. I like <laughs> it. It's a good look on you. I like it. It's a, it's a good look on you. I'm just... I'm, I'm kind of rambling. I don't mean to, but no, those are the questions no. that, like, it, I'm like, okay, sense. well, let's... Yeah. Huh. It, it's a home to um, a famous bat cave. Ooh, the bat lake, cave. The Lake Cybat. It's located bat inside bat. a lava tunnel. Lava. And it is the largest cave. I'm not going to try to pronounce that name because it's really long. But it, it uh, the cave it itself is. is over 1,268 feet long. And it serves as one of the biggest forest popular tourist destination so this is one place that people actually go there to look yeah and they but they do because there's a lot of like advanced hikers but Mm -hmm. they still tell even the most advanced hikers you stick to the trails don't go anywhere else (laughs) only because it's just too dense you'll get lost for sure sometimes i wonder if some of these people just got lost yeah and so but that book has led to people thinking oh they must have committed suicide right well you know even if you're lost though that solid is it solidarity where you're by yourself uh after so long you know you start hearing voices you know let's say you got lost in the desert mm-hmm. whatever same thing would go in a forest you know where you do start losing your mind because you're not there's nobody there but yourself and because they got lost and then they're just doing circles and who's to say you start to lose it yeah and at that time in your mind you're like man i might as well just off myself so i don't have to starve to death i don't get eaten by a bear or, you know, all these other things that could happen. At least, you know, if they did it this way, they could pass, hopefully peacefully mm-hmm. and fast, versus the other options that's out there with Mother Nature taking its course if you're left out there. Yeah. Yeah. This, this. Huh. Yeah, because your mind plays funny tricks on you when you're Bad by yourself. Bad it do. Um, and it sits, at, like I said, it sits at the base of Mount Fuji. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this, but Mount Fuji is basically like home to the mythological gods of. I'm, I'm gonna. Just try. try. I, I shouldn't Do even it. try. Do it. But the mythological home to the gods of Ninji and his wife goddess something. Kono. And I'm not gonna pronounce the rest of it because it's gonna be awful when I try to say it. But look it up. Jaime. There's a lot of words between the Kono Jaime. Close enough. But, um, so. <laughs> I'm bad at words, when, too. When you talk about gods and goddesses, I kind of like that. So She does. Maybe maybe she's pissed off and, you know. Maybe. Maybe if they just take an offering to the gods and goddesses, they don't have to worry about hiking. And I'm it, just saying. Well, and they won't have to offer themselves up. That's right. Give an offering. Just a theory. And something else that I thought was really interesting is... The forest is thought to be the site for cases of, I think I'm saying this, ubasudi. Oh, that was nice. Um, I think it sounds right, doesn't it? it sounds, sounds nice, nice. yeah. It but basically, nice. that's just like um, where people are sick or they're elderly, it, they take them out here and they just leave them. Oh, that's not nice. I mean, it's not nice. But they really haven't proven any cases of that. That's just, they've said that that, right. that happens. They have not proven any cases where that has actually happened. Hmm. You leave me with so many thoughts it's, that it, I haven't even thought. It said. really is an interesting story. It really is. It's, yeah, because there's so many different ways to look at it. it it's sad, you know, mm-hmm. the, the idea that um, to walk in there and while, even watching the documentary and watching people walk in there and finding empty tents and backpacks and clothing... And ribbons and items that people would have, and there's no people. Ropes, yeah, ropes hanging from the trees. 
Yeah. And people, literally, it's such, such a dense forest that they will they will tie a rope when they walk in and walk in with a rope and tie, tie it in various places so they'll find their I, way I, back. I've seen that with hikers before. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's so sad. And definitely, do I think it's haunted? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, in some shape or form, it's definitely haunted. Uh, would I necessarily think that it's haunted and it makes people go there and kill themselves? You know what? No. I think um, I would coincide with the idea that there's an energetic pull there, like you said, mm-hmm. with the elect- electromag- you know, electromagnetic field in the mountains and being at that height. There's something could, scientific, quote-unquote, you know, that kind of behind it to a, go inside with it. Having a book written in the 1960s to heighten the idea of it and the mysticism of committing suicide and the drama of it. Right. And maybe it was just people going out there and getting lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe that combination of all of it. Yeah. You know, who knows? Who knows the real truth? I guess only the people who go into the forest and never come back out. I think we should investigate this more. Oh, it's, it's, it's Kind of really... look up the names and be like, okay, see if we can Google, like, what they were, how they were, sorry, not what they were, how they were before they went and did this. I like. Know. If we got, like, 75% of all the people that committed suicide out there, 75% had, like, the nice jobs. They had a kind of a picture-perfect life, if you will. And then they went out there and really had no reason. You know, Mm -hmm. there was no history of uh, mental illness or anything. They went out there and, you know what I mean? Because that would help answer some of these questions to make up the charts. Yeah, Yeah, I I love charts. It's really um, (laughs) a fascinating story. Wow, what a downer, Mary. Jesus. Gee, that's, we were having such a good time. But yeah, they watch for vehicles that are parked there for mm-hmm. too long. <laughs> sometimes months on end. People mm. go there and then just never come back. I don't have the energy for a hike like that. I don't either. I get a drone, fly a drone over so oh, I can see it. That's pretty. Stupid cars. Stupid cars. What else you got? I think that's I'm kind like, of oh. it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are we ready for Death Mountain? Yeah. Who the hell sings that? That was ridiculous. Death Mountain. So, all right. Again, with, like, these names, that is really, really hard to pronounce. I'm going to try my best. Um, So, like, if Mary jumps in and I'm like, we're we're trying our best. Some of them, however, do you see on my notes, I I wrote, like, what it sounds like. So, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, the. 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 Spelt like The. the. Uh, Pronounce like the. Uh, just like, oh, that's weird. Spell like escape, but it's escape. <laughs> <laughs> Dory. She's so funny. jeez. Ah, okay, so Death Mountain. <laughs> so the short story of Death Mountain is nine cross-country skiers died slash killed in Kolat Cycle, Russia. The end. Goodbye. Don't you have oh. someone else's yum? <laughs> just <Ever>. kidding. <laughs> Fake. <laughs> you guys want to know more? Huh? I'm waiting. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, a little deeper. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I clap now. Um, so a little deeper into the story, it goes that Igor, I'm not going to pronounce it, middle name there, but it, and I watched, I actually watched the documentary on this two different times to try to help with the names. And it's actually called, uh, <laughs> is it Diet Love or Diet Love? Something like that? I can't remember the name of it I either. don't think they pronounced their their T's though is it's like Dialov because it's actually Dialov Pass and now I can't I think we waited right. too long to to do, to do it after I watched the videos so but he was Igor was was the leader of the group okay so then what had happened was just kidding the leader of the group 
um, they were scheduled for a Category 3 hiking experience. So Category 3 is like the best of the best of hiking. Again, that would be who you would probably see hiking in um, Suicide Valley. Okay. Where they know what they're doing, where they have to leave the ropes, but they, they can go in the trains and they, they're they self-sufficient. So, like, they could, they're going to MacGyver the shit out of a trail. Like, do what you got to do to survival. Yep. You know, that type of thing. So, oh, one of my notes it says, which means it was going to be like walking through hell. They already knew that much. <laughs> so good with my words. Zing. If I'm not drinking. <laughs> The team was experienced with such conditions and also in shape and means of being out there and having to fight for survival. Keep in mind, through all this, the path they took would get between the temp of negative 10 and negative 30 degrees. Yikes. Uh, yeah, no. Burr. Like, um, no? No, thank you? Um, hello? No. No. I don't care how many coats you try to tell me to have on or my snow pants or whatever. No. <laughs> and to think they all had to... And I'm back. So... <laughs> And to think they all had to separate themselves from these harsh, harsh mother nature conditions was like a thin ass tent that they all slept in. It's crazy. You seen the pictures? Yes, that yeah. is crazy. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty much a play by play through this whole story, but the mystery part is what we are after. So last minute, the leader of the crew, what was his first name? Igor. <laughs> I I know I know how to pronounce that name. I just can't think of it right now. Dialov. I think Dialov is. Well, Igor <laughs> decided to change up the route last minute. Nobody knows why. So, um, but he did it. They also kept a group diary to write in every day to document their adventure. The diary and pictures would show us that they were having a good time and things were going well. And they were. They were, like, smiling in the pictures and everything. It, was, it looked like they were having a fun time. Yeah, they did. They, they went on this hiking excursion to take documentation of how bad it was going to be you know what the weather conditions were like how they could survive and it it was for research Mm -hmm. is what it was for um the trip was progressing at the time better than planned the last entry for the diary was on the last day of march the last known photo that was taken of the hikers leveling and uh preparing the tent on february 1st 1959 now did you see that one Mm-hmm. It was pretty crazy how they got it because there's so much snow. You know, they had to do it like on top of all the snow. It was nuts. Um, it said they can account for the last picture being taken about 4 p.m., the last known night they were alive. They either had escaped or were taken out of the tent after 7 p.m. the same night. When the search crew found the tent on February 26, 1959, they came upon a torn tent. Yeah, I saw the pictures. It was either torn or cut. Mm-hmm. So it was very, it was long ways. It wasn't like somebody just kind of picked up the corner thing. Because it was like a long, almost kind of reminded me of like a, I forget what they call those tents. But the, the army, like a single army person would have it where it's just long enough for a human body to fit into so they can sleep, whatever. That's the shape of, I mean, it was a lot bigger than that. But you would pull up on the, on the triangle side. Mm-hmm. But it was like through the long way where they had cut or ripped open, whatever that really happened. Um, in the center of the tent, the shoes and hiking boots were piled up in the center. Now, they went out in this negative 10 to 30 degree weather with nothing. They didn't have their shoes on. They didn't have their boots on. Like, uh, And it's all piled up in the middle of this tent. And the tent is only big enough to hold their bodies, like sleeping. Yeah, that was you it. Know, it wasn't something big because they couldn't have some big extravagant tent. Um, the tent was the first thing that was found by the search party. So on February 27th, five of the crew were found. About a mile down slope, 
They found the first two right next to each other. Legs were crossed. Fingertips burned. Now, did you see that picture? Did you see the pictures of the bodies? Because they, they're on there. Yes. Yep. And the one, they were, the one's leg was over the other guy's. They were laying face up. It was very odd. Like, even if they were, like, to me, if you're out there in that cold, you'd almost be, like, right next to each other trying to get each other's body heat. But there was evidence of a fire, and then their fingertips were burnt. So they, what they assume happened is they were trying to light a fire, got something small going, mm-hmm. and they were trying to keep warm and burned up. Um, there was a cedar tree um, that they were next to as well. So about 600 feet from the tree, they found an, a, bleh, another three of them. Seemed as if they were trying to get back to the tent. The bodies of the first four were able to be returned home to families March 5th and the fifth body on March 9th, w- which was Ristine. Um, it isn't, or it wasn't until about two months later they found the remi- remaining bodies, which is strange about this is the first set of bodies was pretty clear they had died of hypothermia. However, how they found them was odd to me. Like, it was a weird whatever from the tent. Because you can get on, and then they have a diagram, and they number the bodies on how they found them. And I'm like, okay, so here's the tent. And you got, like, one, two, three, and then four. It was very odd. Um, But again, there wasn't anything besides, like, hypothermia, even after they had, like, their, uh, oh, my gosh, what's that called? Uh, uh, Autopsy? Autopsies. (laughs) Yes, what I said. Um, (laughs) It, it clearly would state hypothermia. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, okay, so the second set of the group, here is where the story gets its questions because it's pretty intense. Uh, they were found about 200 feet below where the others were found and under the snow from 20 to 30 feet. Wow. Also, one found in uh, the creek or river, whatever you want to call it, Uh a unique thing was found with this group was it appeared that they had tried to build a makeshift snow cover to help them because it they should have been able to survive. They, they were survivalists. That's why they were able to go out there, why it yeah. was okayed for them to take this trip. Um, so the, other, the first set that was found, keep in mind, they were not a whole lot farther from the tent. However, even getting back to the tent, that probably wouldn't have saved them because it was ripped open. Mm-hmm. But I, the whole thing's just, it, it gets crazier. So... You can look up the pictures online, but you can clearly see something was definitely off on the second group. Internal injuries and disfigurements, autopsies say the wounds happened while alive and were not from an animal, sharp object, or gunshot. Uh, Knuckles had marks like they had been fighting. And you can see it in some of the pictures uh, that they show that the knuckles are discolored like, you know, they went and punched something. The external, external wounds did not match up to the internal wounds. Huh. So, yeah, okay, so listen to this, folks. Chest wounds, fractured skulls, blunt force trauma with overwhelming force, missing tongues, missing eyeballs, lips, and ribs. I mean, what the hell happened to these people? Oh, that's crazy. And it was all, a lot of theories. Yeah, and it was only the second group that had it all, like, fucking weird. So maybe they were all together at one time, and that first set that they found was trying to get away. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, oh, my God. It's just that makes sense. So crazy. So first they left the tent clearly in a hurry. Didn't have shoes or boots, which were piled in the middle of the tent. They left everything, I mean everything, in the tent. So many theories on this. What do you think? Avalanche? Infrasound? Like I was saying about the sound thing? Military accident? Murder? People were questions, questioned, such as the Stike tribe. It's um, they, they were not happy that they were there. There was a couple different tribes. Some of them were okay 
because they understood what it was for. And they weren't there to disrupt things. They weren't tearing down things, you know. But this tribe was known for being secluded Mm -hmm. in the area. Um, And they did make it known when they knew that the hikers were there because they got to meet them like the hikers did their thing and did the respectful thing. Um, They were not impressed that they were there. And they didn't want them to be there because that was their sacred ground, you know, and stuff like that. So they were questioned. Um, Well, two of the tribes were were questioned, actually. (laughs) I'm like, oh. So... Okay, th- with that being said, okay, the the avalanche, they ruled that one out mm-hmm. because of the fact that, like, the tent was there, like, all above the snow. However, you can tie the avalanche thing to the infra- infrasound because what that will mimic to people that don't know that sound is the sound of an avalanche. So one of the theories is that sound triggered, and then it made all the hikers think an avalanche was coming because being as experienced as they were, they would know what an avalanche sounds like. So maybe they were trying to hurry, you know, and get out before the avalanche came down and there wasn't an avalanche and then they died of the hypothermia mm-hmm. trying to get away. But there is a sound out there because what happens is, you know, it echoes through the snow. Snow is a, that's what I'm looking for, uh, Amplifier or yeah, but think things will like ricochet off there and stuff, you know, where it, it it won't always let you know the real sound that you're really hearing. I don't know. I know what I'm trying to say. I know there's there's better words for it, but um, yeah, I I think that could be a huge possibility with the infrasound thing, just like with your story with the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, the echoes that go through you know, your lady who you know when people do that, you know, and it comes back to them. It's almost like it's yelling back right at them because it bounces off the snow and comes back just as loud. However, with the infrasound, we're not supposed to be able to hear that, but they're at such an altitude that it's possible. However, they were not supposed to go that route. And that may have set upset that tribe as well because the route that they agreed to, the leader switched it last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they found out about it. I don't know. However, the big question is, like I said, <laughs> that second group, okay, I can understand if, like, uh, all the injuries and stuff were back to hypothermia. Like, there was nothing, like, but you got people missing eyeballs. You got people missing tongues. That's weird. Yeah, that is very weird. Because if it was, let's say, an animal scavenger, they would have gotten other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to rip off the tongue. You know, a bear's not going to sit there, or a badger, whatever, you know, and be like, I'm just going to get the tongue. I'm just going to get the eyes. Like, no, you, there's a picture you can see that I, it is cleaned out. The eye sockets. It, done for. Mm-hmm. That's just absolutely crazy. So, to me, I don't think it's so far-fetched that it was a tribe. I'm not saying anything bad about tribes by any means. However, that's an an indigenous tribe there like they've always been there so when you mess or if they think that you're messing with their sacred ground and their belief system they have to protect that at any cost so there to me if that was it they were trying to each of those things symbolize something the eyeballs the lips the ribs the tongues there that represented something for them that would make sense to me now do you know why they call that death mountain Uh, because they died um One of the reasons that tribe um, protected that mountain so much is even far back from like the 1600s. I, I can't remember. I can't remember if there was some kind of mining going on. So don't quote me on that. But people would literally go into that mountain 
mm-hmm. and that come back. Okay. And so I'm not sure if it was this tribe or a different tribe, but they became the protectors of that mountain. Right. So they became very protective of who would just go into that right. mountain because very often people would go into that mountain. Right. And never come back. Because there was a tribe, the nice tribe, and they were actually helping them because they had to stay the night with that tribe, like the nicer tribe that was in that area. They stayed the night with them, and they helped them. It, it shows pictures of it and everything, of mm-hmm. them smiling with them, you know, meeting the locals and stuff like that. However, the other tribe, like I said, wasn't happy with it. Uh, shoot, I had something else to go with that. I can't remember. Um, I, I do think that's a, that's a very, <laughs> what I want to say, I don't want to say, yeah, that's what happened, but... It's probable, it by all means. Um, and I'm not saying they're in the right or wrong because in their belief system, they had to do something to protect their land. Now, the name of that, what what they called it, the um, <laughs> call it psycho, what that means is do not enter. Don't come here. It means get the fuck out. Like, <laughs> that's what that translates to. Don't come here. But then the Igor wanted to take that route and still nobody knows why. It wasn't ever written down in the journal or anything. So, like, he changed at the last minute, and they had... Decided just to go that yeah, way. But they had, you know, the supplies, they had everything they needed, and the mindset to go the other way. But for some reason, he was like, no, let's go this way. Maybe he wanted to see what was there that that tribe didn't want anybody to anybody see. Anybody know. Mm-hmm. I know they had a couple of theories. They did have a theory that um, it was... It was aliens, and that it was some kind of... Mm-hmm. But they debunked that because, um, what did the Russians say? That they were doing some kind of testing, some kind of missile testing in the area, because people did see lights Yes, there's a, a Right, and I said that the military accident, however, the last known picture taken had weird lights. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they said, um, the, the, the Russians said that they were doing um, missile testing, and that's what the lights were, because people mm-hmm. said that they saw lights over that night. Right. And then the other theory was... Um, a Yeti, which the local people, when they were interviewed, they call him a meek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, the they actually, in a documentary that I watched, they they really researched and followed the path of this group. Mm-hmm. And they looked through the journals. Mm-hmm. And they did say, with one of the last journal entries of one of the, the hikers said, the snowman lives. And huh. they looked through the pictures and they mm-hmm. found, they actually did find a picture. And one of the last pictures they took is, it does show a Yeti. So that's mm. the, another theory. So that's an interesting one. I'll have to give you my voodoo account. Here. I have voodoo. Just to give you the name of it. It's, a, it's on there. It's, pretty, it's actually really interesting. Oh, okay. They, they really delved deep into it and they talked to all the tribes. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about the history of the mountain itself. I that was for my own research. Right, 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 but, um, right. Yeah. It was... Why they chose that in the first place to do this, that's what I wanted to know. Like, what they were doing it for research. They all went to, like, a college. You know, like... Oh, and one of the guys left. It actually started out with 10. Mm-hmm. And he left. Uh, he had previous back issues. So they left. He got shit back the same night that they stayed with that the nice tribe. Because he had back issues or whatever which i thought was like i bet he was like oh my god <laughs> you know looking back because i believe he might have been questioned or something too but he was already back and, he's already gone yeah yeah and, and there was documentation of where he was at at that time uh it got ah, so freaking weird i think because well, yeah, well like in the documentary they talk about how like they believe that the yetis or the meat mm-hmm. they um they enjoy like the tongue and the eyes and that's why that middle group had those parts missing. Maybe the first group was trying to get away. Because if you look at where they were found, I mean, that's 
To me, that's a big thing. Or, you know, the line of them. Because it was like a line. However, as much as I love a Bigfoot story. Yeah. Well, they said the tents were actually, when they did the investigation, the tents are ripped from the inside. Mm-hmm. Because they were watching from the inside. Yeah. So they weren't ripped from the outside. But it was but... weird because all their, like, they had knives and stuff like that, but that was still all piled up. Yeah. Like, they didn't have... They were just running. Yeah. That, that's how messed up it is. So if you get a chance, watch the doc, documentaries on it. They are... It's crazy. Because then you see, you know, the live pictures, the live interviews and stuff like that. It, it, ah, I don't know. Because it's the so hard to say. you can do is just get your own opinion. Yeah. Because I even watched one that it's talked a pretty about awesome story. The, just the alien theory altogether. And it well, said yeah, you did. And radioactive and, you know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know I love aliens. I know you do. But, you know, to find some of them buried underneath so much snow and the others, like, right on top. But, the, see, underneath the snow could go with An avalanche. The, the avalanche theory. But the ones found underneath the snow were the ones that were messed up in the inside and outside. So, and, and those those injuries didn't match up. You know, like if we get hit on the outside of a rib, our ribs going to be broken. So their ribs were taken, but there wasn't any bruising. Like, I don't know. To me, I, I the realistic thing for me, not that I can say what's real or not, because we really don't know, especially in areas like that. Maybe tribes know way different things than we do. Maybe the Yeti did come or they called upon it to come and protect their land. Maybe. Uh, I don't, yeah, who knows? I, I, to me, I would feel it was a... Jesus Christ. It was, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, Je- it wasn't Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I would feel that it was it, it was the tribe, the, the mean tribe. And we're back. <laughs> so we hope... Wait, do you have any more questions, no. thoughts, ideas, concerns? No. no? Now that dad ruined our vibe. I know. We were going good. <laughs> oh, we were. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and these very unique and mysterious stories. If you have any stories like this you would like to share let us know you got all sexy right there <laughs> not my don't, face don't i'm like call oh. the 1-800 number <laughs> email us at paranormalxl at writeme.com again that is paranormalxl at writeme.com and there's more also take a listen to across the golden veil that's right right that's right okay oh talk about that a moment the quotations <laughs> so you get on you find it okay Across www.acrossthegoldenveil.com. Yeah, Yeah, what she said. Yeah. We have the app ready. We'll let you know. Yeah, because it isn't just going to be us. There's like so many other podcasts and radio personalities that are going to be on there, have their shows on there. Yeah, and and they're hilarious. Yes. Well, we are the most hilarious. You know, we're super funny. It takes a special group to hang out with us. Anybody who puts up with us. Mm-hmm. Also, check out the Facebook page and group. Feel free to post or comment. We, we do want each and every one of you to know that we appreciate you all very, very much. I'll get real on that. <laughs> we do. And thank you for your patience through all this stuff when we're trying to get back up and going full time. Uh, oh, again. Don't. Not again. I'm going to say this one time. Remember. <laughs> don't yuck someone else's yum. Ever. Ever.